is Faith Revisited. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ben. I'm the senior pastor at Historic Trinity Church in downtown Savannah. I'm passionate about following Jesus, loving my family, enjoying all sports involving a ball, and a constant pursuit to find the perfect bottle of bourbon. And I'm Molly, a Methodist from the West Coast, but after moving to Savannah a few years ago, I found a home in Trinity and a friend of Ben's. My greatest joy in life is simply sitting on the front porch with my husband, my crazy dog, and a great bottle of red wine. On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church. We'll talk about United Methodist Matters as our denomination faces an exciting and uncertain future. We'll explore church leadership in the 21st century. And we'll talk to different faith leaders about their perspectives of religion today, how we can be more authentic, stop alienating people, and how faith is more important than ever to connect us to God and each other. Hey, maybe we'll touch on a topic that speaks to exactly where you are in your faith. We won't know until we try, right? Let's do it. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Faith Revisited podcast. Ben and Molly are here with you talking about a theme this week that I think lots of us uh, at least um, deal with internally or measure or worry about, and that's the theme of success. Yeah, how do we define success? It's something that has been on my mind lately because what I see as success doesn't really relate to someone else or someone else's successes really has no effect on me because I'm measuring it differently. Um, So really like pinpointing what we notice as success and how we define success in our personal life, but then as an organization or as a church, like what are your definitions of success? Because they may not be relevant or the church down the road, their successes of what you perceive may not affect you at all, does not affect you at all. Yeah, absolutely. Success is is a, uh, a fancy way of saying is a contextualized thing. It may look different in different places and spaces and for different people, but certainly it's something we should all kind of work toward striving for or living into whatever that is that it looks like. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be a certain age. You know, once you're retired, you don't have to start, stop, you can stop thinking about success. You know, this is really for every phase of your life and it's important to reevaluate it, um, you know, through those phases or even year to year. We're at the beginning of 2020 now. And I know we talked about our goals, but maybe even crossing goals off of your list isn't your definition of success. There may be something beyond that. So um, I think this is a great conversation for all the people and Ben and I kind of want to dig into um, what we see as our successes, how we define it, how we think people should look at it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's jump in. What, what, what do you, what do you feel on the individual level um, people worry about or what are kind of our shortcomings on how we measure success and and where should maybe we, we be better focused? Yeah. I think what's been catching me lately is, Um, especially in an age of this much social media and you get a peek into everyone's life, you know, what people show you on social media is not the whole picture of what they are. Um, You know, you only get a glimpse of kind of the 
the A team of their life. And so when you're looking at other people's quote unquote success, you're not seeing all the work that happens behind the scenes or the struggles they're going through. So it's really hard. I think people are really struggling right now comparing successes with other people because they don't have the full picture. Yeah, I think that's probably the A number one uh, danger of how we look at success is the comparison game. How does my success measure up against your success? And you never know, like you said, you never know what's underneath someone else's success or maybe how whatever they're portraying as success has a whole lot of struggle and dysfunction even um, underneath it. You know, we measure like all kinds of things, you know, what's in your bank account? How much money do you make a year? Uh, How quickly are you moving up in your profession or or, or whatever it may be, and, and, and all of those can be really good things, but are, are they always really the true measure of success? I'm not really sure. Exactly. And so what I kind of been thinking about and want to uncover and relate to everyone is it's really a definition of success is a very personal thing. So um, what you may define as a success, so for example, I've been trying to picture, okay, what do I see, what do I define my success as? And Right now in this phase of life I'm personally in, I'm a small business owner. I don't have any children. So my success, I know I'm doing really great if I can sleep 10 hours a night. I love sleep and I value sleep. And so me sleeping 10 hours a night is how I define success at this period in my life. Um, I also work really hard so that I, you know, don't have to work before 10 a.m. You know, this is just another, I know this seems vanity, but... um, me getting a full night's sleep is me being my best self and being able to help my clients and work harder. Um, And this is how I define success, but other people looking in on that, they may be up with the sun and ready to go. And, you know, they define success as having this whole morning routine. You have a whole morning routine, Ben, and you get that done, you know, sometimes before the kids wake up and that's just your success, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, I was thinking the, um, and, and everyone's different. Um, I, there was a joke I was going to make about, um, <laughs> as soon as you have kids, you just throw that 10 hour a night thing yeah. floor Cause it's never yes. come again ever. Uh, even on vacation, it won't happen because your body. I get that. I have to soak it up now. Yes. Oh yeah. But no, no, no. It's, um, I, my goal in, in a similar way, what does the morning look like? How do we start the day well to have a successful day? And for me, uh, because I'm wired differently, um, mm-hmm. it is, am I out of bed by 5.30? You know, is it still dark outside? If it's still a little bit dark outside, I feel good because I feel like I'm ahead of the day. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I wake up, sit down, read my Bible, journal, have at least 20 minutes um, I usually get anywhere from 20 to 30, uh, to, to reflect, to write, to, to think. And can I do that before my kids wake up? Now that doesn't always happen because children wake up at life. We also, yeah. um, <clears throat> so sometimes I am doing these things, um, in between fixing breakfast and, and they get up in their cartoons and you kind of learn how to do that with a little noise in the background. But yeah, I mean, for me, uh, the, the start of a successful day is did I get up when it's still a little bit dark outside? Um, and, and did I get some things done, you know, before sunrise? Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people who maybe work a nine to five job, um, both you and I don't really work a nine to five job. Um, We're all over the place with hours and days of the week that we work. Um, But maybe a definition for success of those people are they want to leave once they leave the office, they want to leave that behind and focus into family time or focus into personal time. Um, And then being able to leave 
work at the office, that is the definition of success for a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you one of my growing uh, definitions for success is this notion of healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, We need healthy boundaries between people. Um, You know, we, we self differentiation is the psychological therapeutic term for it, um, which is defined in layman's terms as knowing where I end and where you begin. In other words, you know, I love you, Molly, as a person and a friend, but your stuff can only get on me so much before mm-hmm. I have to say, this is yours that you can, and Correct. I can help you as a friend, but I'm over here. I'm not entangled into it. I'm not absolutely the emotional weight with you in a similar way. The different compartments of our life can do that. Our work can bleed over onto our family time. Um, our family stresses can bleed into work. You know, if the kids mm-hmm. are, you know, having a hard day or you had a fight at home with your spouse or whatever it is, you can go into work and not be your best. And so finding those healthy boundaries where we can do the different, we can get into the different compartments of our life and, and be as healthy as possible, therefore being as productive as possible. Um, but then knowing how to switch gears from one to the next to the next so that none of them um, consume so much emotional energy that they leave one of the others at a deficit. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's how you prioritize as well. You know, some people may prioritize this grand vacation once a year and other people may prioritize, you know, small weekends away or unplugged time, you know, and they don't, um, it's just, yeah, everyone's priorities are different. And so how do you look at successes when, you know, you have to look at your own success because your priorities are your own. It's not your neighbors or the person next door. Yeah. One of the things that that I've uh, talked about the other day with, with Katie, my wife, um, and I don't know where this came from, but this year I've kind of got this thing I'm saying every, not every day, but every so often in my head, um, did I, did I do some good in the world today? Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons that that came to me is I spent the other day, um, the bulk of the day in a meeting about the United Methodist Church and all this denominational stuff and all the ins and outs and the drama and the all, all this other stuff. <laughs> and between that and driving back and forth to that meeting, I realized I left very early. I came home very late. I sat in a meeting that I'm not entirely sure we did that much good, although we could have, Mm -hmm. but I just questioned at the end of the day, did I do any good that day? And if I didn't, then why did I waste my day? Yeah. You know, like why do we waste our days where where we, we get so focused on something that's, that can often be minutia, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that we don't at least put a little bit of good in the world, you know, do something for the sake of somebody else or make the world a better place. I don't know. That's kind of a daily thing. I I try to ask like, did I do something? No, that's funny. I, in my start today journal, I have been out of practice of it for about a month, but one of the things I wrote down every day for months last year was I put goodness into the world every day. And that start today journal is a practice where you write 10 goals daily, but you write them as if they've already happened. And not all of my goals are measurable, but one of them is I put goodness into the world every day. That's something I want to start my day. It's something I want to think about all day. And that's kind of what you just said. I want to put goodness in the world every day. There's something there. And that's a definition of success for me. If I can pinpoint a time where I helped someone or reached out to a friend, you know, whether they needed it or not, just to let them know I'm there. 
um, that's me putting goodness into the world. And that's something that I value. Yeah, absolutely. So, so a couple things for, for listeners to kind of, you know, catch up and if they're taking notes, just in case, um, of, of, of ways to, that we're kind of talking through defining success. One is don't fall victim to the comparison game that your success is somehow impacted by someone else's, by the perceived notion of someone else's success. Um, another is, is knowing your priorities, um, what works best for you, and then trying to live into that faithfully. Um, and then another one is, is knowing how to create healthy boundaries in your life so that the different compartments of your life, the different roles you fulfill um, on a regular basis that you can do them with excellence and, and not make one uh, over-focus on one so that others start to suffer as a result. Dang, look at you. <laughs> that was, you guys, this is not pre-planned at all. We're just doing this off the cuff. I'm very impressed, Ben. So let's switch gears a little bit um, into churches or organizations. How should they be framing success, um, prioritize, you know, what do they need to be prioritizing? I know we've already talked about goals, so that's not the conversation. This is how do we define success and not get wrapped up in the comparison of the church down the road? Yeah, and that's that's such a, that's such a hard one um, because it, it, it's so easy um, to look at a church often uh, that could be growing, you know, really quickly, or this, this is like the new, new cool church in town. And, you know, you feel like, like, um, you know, so, so yesterday or whatever, uh, like that meme, you know, where the, where the guy and the girl are walking and the guy's head yeah. turns around to check out the new girl. And, it, and it's always like, you know, he's checking out this new girl, but there's all kinds of memes out there. About, yeah. You know, this is I was thinking of a cool. song that Hillary Duff used to sing in my teenage years. So yesterday, so yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You feel that way. Um, I, I think for every church, keeping a clear vision in front of them for ministry is important. For us, our vision for ministry, um, the long version of it is to create a diverse and inclusive community of people who live in love like Jesus. But one of the things that I have begun to measure as success is how many different people will, will talk about or post things on social media about the church. And they've taken the vision and shortened it to say, live in love like Jesus. This is how we live in love like Jesus like that. Live it. So for us, it's that clarity of vision. How do we live in love like Jesus? Um, and it can look like all kinds of things, but, but that's the unique vision for our church. And so putting that out in front of you, telling good stories that reinforce it. I was just talking to somebody today that about the, the power of storytelling, um, you know, that, that, that he or she with the best story often wins, um, yeah. and not just a competition, but, but it's going to be what compels yeah. people is good stories. Um, facts and data are great, but they only support the narrative that you create. Yeah. You have to get that emotion. Into yeah, it. you got, that's right. You have to have the emotional connection. So churches need to have a clear vision for ministry. They need to speak it often. Um, they need to speak it clearly. And they need to uh, they need to reinforce it uh, in many ways. And so every church needs to spend time doing this. So I'd say that's probably the first measure of success is a clear vision and how are you living into it. Um, another one is just keeping the main. It's going to sound so like I, I, you hokey. Know, hokey, yeah. But but keeping the main thing the main thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we get so focused on. 
and it's often things to compare, like, oh, how's yeah. my church growing compared to this church? And how's what this? What are thing? numbers? That's yeah. Right. Numbers, numbers, numbers. And I'm the biggest numbers person there ever was. Yeah. Um, and I have to catch myself sometimes. But the main thing is how are lives being impacted and changed for the sake of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. It's like what we just said, putting goodness into the world every day. Are you seeing that in your members? Are you seeing a shift in mindset and priorities for them? Are you seeing their lives changed by God and Jesus and the lessons they're learning? You know, if you're doing that, you're blowing success out of the water, you know? Absolutely. And one of the things I wanted to pull out, I I came across this quote the other day um, that's really convicted me because I'm a numbers guy. I'm I'm an administrative person. You know, I like to do that. But this is um, from, from the author Eugene Peterson. A lot of people know the translation of the Bible, The Message. Eugene mm-hmm. Peterson wrote that, but he's a prolific writer. He's written a number of things, very thoughtful uh, writer. And he says uh, that a pastor, so this is for pastors out there, how do we define our role? And we can define it in so many ways and, and become very misguided. This is what Peterson says. My task as pastor is to show how the Bible is lived. Of course, it's important to show that the Bible is true, but we have theologians and apologists for that. I accepted the fact that it was true and it didn't bother me much about and didn't bother much about that. I needed to be a witness, he says, to people in my congregation that everything in the Bible is livable and to try to avoid abstractions about big truths and big doctrines. I want to know these how these ideas got lived in the immediate circumstances of people's lives at work in the town and in family. The role of the pastor, he says, is to embody the gospel. I love that. Now that's big. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big role for pastors and that's part of our deep calling, but all the numbers aside, all the administrative busy work aside, all those things are important. But the main thing that we need to keep the main thing is that as a leader, we are to be the primary or the frontline witnesses that this life of faith matters. I love that. It matter for all of us. So yeah. It does. That's a huge thing of success. How do we take that into every day that we do things? How do you go into a meeting? You know, the the meeting we're going to discuss the color of the carpet in the sanctuary renovation, you know, and all these <laughs> things that can Don't just worry, we're you. not renovating our sanctuary. Oh, yeah, community members, no one's <laughs> renovated the sanctuary. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, those, those yeah, meetings absolutely. get lost. Like, if the pastor can keep that on their mind, like, okay, even in this meeting, how can I be a, a frontline witness to the love and power of the gospel of Christ, then, you know, those things can, those things will, will follow. They will. Absolutely. And I think one other maybe last point is it also helps to keep a record of successes or things that stand out that are going exactly towards your mission and vision in life, whether this is a personal thing or an organizational, um, keep a little note in your phone or on your computer and just highlight wins. Like when you just feel really good about something, if a meeting, if a new ministry has sprung up and there's a really passionate person or, you know, you hit an all time attendance record because it can be a little bit about the numbers, but keep an ongoing list of your successes and your wins because looking back on those, no matter how the day you've had, you're going to feel better because you know that you're doing good work and it is, you know, your mission is being accomplished in front of you. Yeah. Every day um, in my journal, um, talk about morning routines, I write 10 things I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And and among them are often um, wins. You know, Monday morning will often have Sunday wins in it. You know, our attendance has been uh, way up 
all month this month. I mean, yeah, considerably up. And that's a really exciting thing. And not because of the numbers, but because it's, it's evidence that God is at work in the life of our church and mm-hmm. that lives are being impacted. And so, right, like you said, writing those down, keeping them front and center um, on, on your prayer life um, yeah. so that you think about them in, in deep and meaningful ways um, is very important. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us today. I hope this episode um, goes along with the goals episode we did because they are different, but they do relate to each other really well. And you do have to have goals to be, you know, a productive citizen, but, you know, and to be better for yourself. But it's also how you look at success um, to not get in that comparison game, to know your priorities, um, as well as creating boundaries. So um, thank you so much for listening today. Um, We hope you had a great start of 2020. This episode's going to come out at the end of January. Um, So please leave us a review on iTunes. um, Follow us on social media everywhere you can and um, subscribe to anywhere you listen to podcasts, Faith Revisited. We'll see you next time.